0: The following podcast was made possible by the sponsorship of Teresa Leong Lee and by Catholic Digital Resources, where you can find downloadable faith formation resources and evangelization tools. Visit Catholic Digital Resources at CatholicDR.com to build your own faith and the faith of others. That's CatholicDR.com.
1: Do you need to hear Jesus say to you today, Be not afraid. That's what I want to help you hear today. And I'm going to share with you how to conquer fear, how to move from fear's grip on you, to holy boldness, to the courage that God the Father created you to have. Yes, He created you to have. You know, He made us in His image. Take a look at the courage that Jesus had when he was condemned, when he was persecuted, when people spoke unkindly about him, when people argued with him, and when he went to the cross. Courage through and through. The kind of courage that made him determined to keep on going and at the same time to have peace about it. That's what he wants for you in your daily life. Now let's go look at the root causes of the fears that God wants to free you from. There is the type of fear which often exhibits itself in outright anxiety that comes from dabbling in the occult. That is a very common cause of fear. It could be as simple as you used to read your horoscope or maybe you're reading it now. And maybe as a kid you play with a Ouija board. Any kind of playing around with or deeper deliberate involvement with the occult opens the door to demons. And one of the demons that's very common is the spirit of fear. Demons want us to be afraid because they can ruin even our faith. They can ruin our lives. Fear can destroy the quality of life and it does any kind of fear that is demonically induced is meant to interfere with your relationship with God. There's a strategy going on behind that. You know, anything that's a grave sin, a big sin, a mortal sin, demons say, hey, this person has opened up a door and I'm going to take advantage of that. That's a fact. That happens to every single person who opens up their door through sin and you need to close those doors. The sacrament of confession will close those doors and will bring you deliverance from demons. Now those people who have gotten so involved with demons that confession is just part of the picture. They might need an exorcism or deliverance prayers, which are for people who are not outright possessed, but demons are oppressing them, influencing them, and going to the sacrament of confession isn't getting rid of them. So there's different levels of demonic involvement, and whatever, if this is in your case true, whatever you need to do to get rid of that involvement, do it. Another source of fear. Is the ways we've been hurt in the past these become causes of fear it's a natural fear that's built into us that's been programmed into us by the abuses that we endured that kind of fear needs inner healing that kind of fear needs to be routed out and healed through going to a spiritual director who knows how to provide inner healing or maybe, depending on how much abuse you endured and what kinds of abuse, you need to go to a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, somebody who can help you cope with and heal from the abuses you endured. Fear will not go away until you have dealt with that root cause. Even if you cannot get to A therapist. There are therapists available online now. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you find the right therapist. If you don't yet have a spiritual director, ask the Holy Spirit to help you find the right spiritual director. Look for one that knows how to do inner healing. Look for one who understands the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. Who relies on the Holy Spirit to be your spiritual director. When talking to a psychologist or a therapist, look for one who accepts and respects your Christian faith. Never go to one who is not a Christian and does not understand your Christian faith because you're going to get some bad information, some bad kind of help. Because you need to rely more on Christ for your healing. You need a counselor who can help you rely more on Christ because The psychological by itself is not good enough. You need the spiritual help, the spiritual growth, the spiritual healing at the same time. Because when you were hurt, you weren't just hurt mentally. You weren't just hurt physically, if that's the case too. But you were hurt spiritually. It affects your relationship with God. We project onto God what humans have done to us. So yes, it is interfering with your relationship with God, and it's hard to believe Jesus when he says, be not afraid, if you still need to be healed from what humans have done to you. And while you're going through the healing and waiting for the healing, it also helps to go through a mental process of differentiating what humans have done to me that hurt me. Those are traits that are not of God, and God doesn't do that. God doesn't have those traits. And when you make that differentiation, you receive healing in that too. The third kind of source of fear that I want to talk about is bad programming. What I'm talking about is when we have heard things, we have learned things, we've been given messages that have programmed how we think. For example, the pandemic that we've all suffered through. The coronavirus has really triggered fear beyond other things in life that are normal triggers of fear. It has caused worldwide fear. There's not just a pandemic of a virus, there's a pandemic of fear. Think about this. Think about it rationally. The pandemic and the way our societies, the way our governments have told us to deal with it is based on fear. They made us be afraid to go out in public in order to control us to keep us quarantined at home. They had valid reasons for that, of course, but fear does not think rationally. When fear is triggered, it's actually triggering the part of our brain called the amygdala. The cortex is the part of the brain where we think rationally. Fear that runs rampant makes us think illogically, makes us do things that are not logical. For example, with this pandemic, I've seen people driving in their cars alone wearing a mask. What's that all about? Logically speaking, there is nothing to be afraid of. They're not going to be breathing in the coronavirus while they're alone in their car. Likewise, When we do safe social distancing, we are at least six feet away from other people and we wear masks, that's redundant. Get up close to the person. Hug the person if you're wearing a mask. Wash your hands afterwards. Use hand sanitizer because you've touched them, sure. But don't be afraid to hug. We need to think logically. Fear tells us to not do that to not think logically. Fear has a definition that I'd like to share. I share it often. Take the letters of fear, F-E-A-R. Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. So for example, the person who's driving in the car, fear is saying the false evidence you need to be afraid because you can get the coronavirus so easily. It can happen at any time. It will happen if you don't wear the mask. And it appears true because a whole lot of society is acting that way. And the messages we've been given from governments and, and the health professionals, et cetera, are you need to wear a mask and you need to be afraid. Of catching the virus. But we need to think logically. Fear tells us not to do that. Programming tells us to be afraid and fear in turn keeps us from overcoming the programming that's wrong. To overcome the false evidence that appears real, simply do this prayer. I've used this every time fear is making me nervous about something, and it works. Pray, come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, you are the Spirit of truth. Tell me the truth that fear is hiding. Tell me the truth, Holy Spirit, that conquers this fear. So, for example, The Holy Spirit could say to you, the truth is, the person that you're afraid is going to hurt you, God thinks that you're very good, you're very special, and you're worth taking good care of, and you're worth treating well. So don't be afraid of what that other person thinks about you. Don't be afraid of how that other person might hurt you, because I'm here to comfort you. The Holy Spirit tells us things when we have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit that enables us to live the life of the courageous Christian. The life that God wants to give to you, my friend. He wants you to be free from the controls of fear and live in the wonderfulness of hope, live in the truth of faith, and live the bold life of a courageous Christian. Let me share with you some scriptures now. Ezekiel 2 chapter 6 says do not be afraid though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions do not be afraid what are the briars and thorns and scorpions in your life you know what's prickling at you what's biting you what's stinging you identify them and then ask the Holy Spirit come tell me the truth about these briars these thorns these scorpions And why I don't need to be afraid of them. And now I'm going to share with you some of those truths. In Luke chapter 12 verses 4 and 5, I'm going to read to you. Jesus says, I tell you my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. Do not be afraid even if the coronavirus kills you because where are you going to go? What's going to happen to you if it does I mean let's talk about worst case scenario you get it because you shook somebody's hand and forgot to sanitize your hand afterwards and you are a vulnerable person and so it affects you stronger than other people and you actually die from it you're going to go to a better place you're going to leave earth you know I am not afraid of dying. I am looking forward to it. And, you know, sometimes I tell my husband, boy, I really can't wait to get off of this planet and be in heaven. Even if we go through purgatory first, that's still better than earth. And my husband laughs and says, oh no, don't leave me alone with all these other things, problems going on in our lives, all these concerns going on in our lives, all these responsibilities. (laughs) I don't want to handle these responsibilities by myself. So, you know, we have this little joke that we do with each other about it, but it's based on the truth that I'm not afraid to die because I'm excited about going to a better place. But Jesus says, again, in Luke chapter 12, he's saying, I will show you whom you should be afraid of. Fear the one who, after you have died, after you've been killed, if you're being persecuted to death, for example, after you've been killed, has the authority to throw you into hell. In other words, be afraid of Satan. Satan. Jesus says yes I tell you be afraid of him be afraid not in the sense of oh my gosh Satan is interfering in my life and I'm afraid of the devil because he's got so much power Jesus isn't talking about that kind of fear because scripture also tells us that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world meaning the spirit of the world meaning Satan when we have Jesus in us we do not need to be afraid of any demon, because Jesus conquered those demons over 2,000 years ago, when he took our sins upon himself on the cross, and then he, he let the demons kill him. And then he conquered the demons by rising from the dead. God the Father gave him life back to raise him from the dead so that the demons would be totally defeated. When we live in that truth, we have no reason to fear demons. The only, as Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 12, the only time to fear demons is if we are turning away from God to follow demons into hell. Psalm 91, verses 1 through 6. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will, res- will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge. So when you're afraid, that's what to say. God is my refuge and my fortress in whom i trust surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence okay what's the deadly pestilence of the coronavirus god will save you from it he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge his faithfulness his faithfulness will be your shield and rampart You know what a rampart is, right? That's part of a a wall that's a protective wall. God's faithfulness is embracing you like a wall of protection. You will not fear the terror of the night when you make God your refuge and say, I trust in you. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, like the arrow of somebody cursing you out, for example nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that strikes at midday. Sound like we need to be reminded of this for what's going on in the world today? Proverbs 3, verse 21 through verse 26. Do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Wisdom and understanding are fruits of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit in a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight preserve sound judgment and discretion isn't that what I was talking about a little while ago using logic they will be life for you life-giving an ornament to grace your neck then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from the snare. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, you gain that kind of confidence that the scripture is talking about. Now I'd like to read to you from Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 where God says, you must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, says the Lord. And there is one last thing that I would like to share with you about not being afraid. One of the things that people are very afraid of is speaking the truth When the truth is difficult for the listener to hear. Speaking the truth, standing up for the truth. We are living in a world where the false teachings of Satan have been embraced, much more so than the truth of Christ has been embraced. And we even have a lot of us Christians who are believing some, some of the lies, the falsehoods of Satan. And when we are given a truth and the Lord tells us, go speak up that truth, stand up for that truth. And he is saying that. He's saying that to me. He's saying that to you, my friend, because he needs his people to be like Christ, being the truth to the world, to get us out of the craziness of all the false teachings. Most people are not evangelizers Most people are not prophets speaking the truth where people can hear it because we are afraid of the repercussions. We're afraid of what people will think of us. We are afraid of our reputation or our job or something getting lost because of us speaking up. God says through Jeremiah 1, verses seven through eight, you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them because I am with you and I will rescue you and Matthew 10 Jesus says to us starting with verse 16 I am sending you out like sheep among wolves God is sending you too like a sheep among wolves and in verse 21 he says to you he reminds us of the persecution that is out there that makes it difficult to speak the truth He talks about the types of wolves that are out there. He says, brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And verse 26 through 31. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of those who are the wolves. And Jesus was talking mostly about family members there, but there's also wolves, other wolves at work, in a church, and so forth. Do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed. Speak in the daylight what I tell you in the dark. That's our calling. He once exposed what has been hidden. Jesus says, what is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. In other words, speak it loud and clear so that you're noticed, so that you're heard. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill your soul. Rather be afraid, you heard this before, right? Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. You are worth more than many sparrows. Do not be afraid. You are worth so much to God that he sent his only son Jesus to die for you. So do not be afraid. He cares about you in every little thing. There was a parish near me that had a very abusive priest. He had homosexual affairs, which were brought into the rectory and witnessed by the maintenance people who would have to talk to him in the middle of the night about something or whatever. He was also very abusive to his staff, so much so that they were very afraid of him, traumatically afraid of him verbally abusive he deliberately generated fear the staff went to the bishop asking for help asking for relief and they did not get it no one was listening to them except the people who felt that they couldn't do anything about it a friend of mine belonged to that parish and she was telling me about this and she was friends with some of the people on staff so she knew from talking to them just how traumatic their experience of working there was So we prayed together about, is there something we can do? When you see injustice, when you see evil happening, regardless of whether it's coming from a priest or not, when you see something that is of Satan, you have to do something about it, or you're contributing to it by your silence and your inactivity. We decided we've got to do something. And so we prayed about it and decided what we were going to do was ask for the Blessed Mother's help. because. She helps in impossible situations, she drives demons out because demons are totally afraid of her. The rosary is the most powerful, one of the most powerful weapons that we have. And so we decided we were going to pray the rosary. We'd go to daily mass. Yes, this priest was the one who presided at the mass, but we went to daily mass. And then afterwards we walked the perimeter of the campus of the church. Praying the rosary for this priest to be delivered from evil, for this priest to have a conversion and, and become the priest God intended him to be. And if that wasn't going to happen by his free will choices, then for the Lord to take him out and bring in a priest who was a priest after God's own heart, who would help the parish heal. People learned what we were doing and they began to join us. Somebody told the newspaper about it, and the newspaper even came and took our picture, praying the rosary, and more people joined us. But some people said, hey, what are you doing? You can't talk that way about a priest. You can't accuse a priest of, of bad things. Priests, you know, we got to keep them up on the pedestal. I'm sorry, the truth is the truth, the fact is the fact, and we can't put a blinders on or we're contributing to the problem. When we first started this, a fear in me said, Don't do this because people are going to not understand why you're speaking up against a priest and you're going to lose your reputation. You're going to damage your reputation. The reputation of good news ministries is going to be damaged by speaking up against a priest. I went to the Holy Spirit and said, what's the truth about this fear? And the Holy Spirit said, you are being called. I am calling you to do this. Therefore do not be afraid I will protect your reputation. In the end this priest was replaced by a priest who was the perfect priest for that parish to receive. Help the parish heal, help the staff heal, and Good News Ministry's reputation was not damaged in any way, not even after what we did made the newspapers. I did have people saying, "Terry, what are you doing?" And when I explained to them, they said, "Oh, And then I said, now that you know, you got to get involved too. (laughs) So that's the way it goes. So now, my friend, I would just like to remind you that to have that kind of courage, you need to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit so that when you say, what's the truth about this fear, he can reveal it to you and you can live the life of holy boldness. You can live the courageous Christian life. Let's pray now. We've already prayed, asking the Holy Spirit to come and help you. Now let's ask Jesus to come and heal you. Lord Jesus, I give to you, everyone listening to this who has fears they need to overcome. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself, reveal your loving care, reveal the Father's loving care to those who've been abused. To those who've been bullied, to those who've been hurt and still need healing, help them, Holy Spirit, to forgive those who have hurt them, which is the first step towards healing because it loosens, it breaks the hold that the abuser has had on them. Holy Spirit, help them to forgive. Not to forget, not to put themselves back in danger, but to forgive and move on into the healing that Christ wants to provide. Lord Jesus, come into each person's heart, into each person's soul, into each person's mind, and heal what needs to be healed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And guide them, Holy Spirit, to a priest, spiritual director, a therapist, or whomever is needed to finish this process. Father God, we ask you to make all of this turn into blessings for the people that I'm now praying for. And we all agree and say yes to this, right? In the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Terry Modica
0: of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders, or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources